Sonny Cartman, welcome to another Media Friday here for the Funkit Pod. It's Friday, we talk about media. So without further ado, as always, let's jump into what happened in and around the media sphere. And the first thing I want to bring up right away is a thing that surprised me, especially since I, I read um, an article the other day that said the, the trust in the press in the US is the lowest it has ever been and that the interest is at a super low, low point right now when it comes to news consumption. Then I read an article that says um, that Reuters did a research, a Reuters Institute based in uh, at Oxford Uni, I believe, uh, and they said in there, and let me quote this so I don't misquote it, in the 10th edition of the report on digital news, found that confidence in news reporting had risen six points to 44% since the start of the crisis. So we believe more what's happening in the media? Huh. That surprised me, to be honest. Um, the Reuters goes on saying, um, well, that printed media is still in a steep decline. Well, that's no surprise, of course. And um, it says that, it, that the print being in steep decline accelerated a shift towards uh, digital news, digital media, obviously. And... Um, especially in countries where newspapers were actively developing their digital sales. Um, they said this is, this is the case, that uh, more people believe the digital news, and it's mostly countries where, with an affluent or more affluent population, such as Scandinavia, for example. Um, I found this very interesting because, well, first, the report that came out saying that in the States, and usually the US is like a big indicator of what's happening to some extent, especially in, in the media, um, that less people are following consuming the news and obviously less people trusting the news. Um, now, however, in, in Europe, apparently it's increasing. And we, me being from Europe as well, we Europeans believe uh, the digital media more I am puzzled <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it makes sense that it is usually or mainly populations in countries that usually would subscribe to newspapers. So like in Scandinavia, newspaper subscriptions have been usually rather high. So there's also more people than subscribing to online newspaper. And if you subscribe and you pay for content, you expect that this content is legit, is trustworthy, and so if there are more subscribers to those online newspapers, they probably assume that uh, the content they are consuming is legit, is trustworthy, and that's why um, maybe that's one of the factors that, that increases or that leads to the increase in this in this stats. But um, you can see me still dumbfounded here. I would have assumed that the trust declines with the amount of, I have to say, fake news, <laughs> disinformation out there. Um, I would have figured more of us are becoming more skeptical. What do you think? Do you believe it? I mean, you believe the funky part, obviously. Um, but what's your take on this? Do you think, yeah, I understand because, I mean, I need to get my news somewhere so I find the right source and then I believe the source? Or do you think, no, wait, I'm more like in the USA. It's getting too much right now. I don't want to hear anything anymore. And B, I don't trust anything out there. Um, let me know what you think. Um, speaking of um, what's happening around the world in terms of uh, newspapers and so on, uh, Hong Kong's largest and loudest uh, pro-democracy tabloid, 
the Apple Daily was forced to shut down. Um, thanks, China. <laughs> thanks, John Cena. Don't make me like a call back to my really bad um, Mandarin skills that are disappearing as we speak. I think they're getting worse as, as I speak here. I should really uh, freshen up on those. But uh, before I get to this, um, yeah, so Hong Kong's largest daily uh, tabloid, the Apple Daily, uh, has to shut down, had to shut down um, this past, I think, was it Friday? This past week, big, demo demonstra big no, but demonstration uh, in Hong Kong uh, in regards to this forced shutdown. Obviously, big pro-democracy um, tabloid paper of course, the government didn't want to see this anymore. So they imposed their will and uh, the Apple Daily is no more. Yeah, let's keep working with China, John Cena. Great idea. <clears throat> and I'm banned in China. I'm just uh, saying, but no, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, let me know your thoughts on this as well, of course, but I think most people who listen to, listen to or watch this podcast are like on a similar wavelength than I am, so we probably agree on this. But if you disagree, please also uh, share your opinions. I, I'm happy to hear uh, more from different spectrums. Um, one thing we can definitely discuss, though, because it's not about China, so I'm not going to get blocked anywhere, um, BuzzFeed. And those who know me know how much I hate BuzzFeed, but also how much credit I give BuzzFeed for gaming the internet, obviously. Um, gaming content creation. Uh, so BuzzFeed is going to be the um, the number one or the first digital media test case um, in regards to going public. So BuzzFeed um, is actually going to go public. They announced that um, they're going public via ASPAC at a 1.5 billion valuation. And now all the other media, online media groups such as Vox, Vice, what else do we have? Group 9, Bustle is also there and others like they're gonna watch BuzzFeed now, right? They're gonna be like, okay, let's see how much money is gonna BuzzFeed make, like what's the impact? Should we do the same? So that's gonna be rather interesting, I believe. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, <laughs> I'm fed up with BuzzFeed, I'm sorry. Um, BuzzFeed in their announcement said they plan to use the equity that they gained through, uh, through wire going public as currency to acquire other digital media platforms. So they basically just want to scale. They want to want to scale the company. Um, makes sense. I mean, that's why you go public. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as, as I say all the time. I'm not a big BuzzFeed fan because the content is meh and the strategies are like very obvious. But if it works, it works, right? I mean, don't hate the player. So, yeah. Good luck, BuzzFeed. I guess Let, let's see how it goes. I assume it will go well um, because now. Everyday investor is a thing, right? So average Joe investor is a thing. Um, people know BuzzFeed. Like, yeah, I'm going to buy BuzzFeed. I'm going to, yeah, sure, but it's going to work. It's going to work. Um, let's, let's make a quick U-turn again um, from content to actual, usually, very often, many times good content. Uh, the LA Times did like a, a nice special um, I brought a special out there, um, published a special, that's what I mean by bringing it out, <laughs> a special what has been published about the LA Times, uh, where they say they don't just want to be a newspaper anymore, they want to be a media platform. And I found this super interesting, I'm going to also share this with my students and discuss this in class, um, because, so it's even, even the LA Times owner, he said, 
We don't just want to do journalism. We want to do journalism. Yes, we want to do high-quality content journalism. That's what we're known for anyways. Um, but now we want to also do more. So we want to be a media platform. We want to like reach different audiences and then they're going to be drawn in to our great content and then they're going to I know, consume our content, stick with us and so on. So he says they're also going to focus on like, and I quote, comedy and poetry and music. So he wants to bring all this together to widen the audience to get more people involved in the LA Times universe, I guess. So yeah. From a business point of view, it makes complete sense. From a from a user point of view, it also makes sense because yeah, if you're the LA Times, I might not I know interact with you if I'm not interested in journalism in regards to what the LA Times has to say. But um, if you then also have concerts, musicians, comedy, and whatnot, maybe you reach me, may, and then I'm like, hey, that's cool content, and I subscribe or something like this. So it it does make sense. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to water down the content of the LA Times. So if you're a content-heavy, journalism-heavy um, outlet, it's going to be tough to, I know, not go down the BuzzFeed road. And that's not meant to be an insult. I mean, at least not a really harsh one. <laughs> because yeah, do you go down a BuzzFeed road where you say, okay, I want to reach more people and as many people as possible and hence might not stick to quality journalism because there's... I know it's less people that are interested in really quality journalism, but more people are interested in entertainment, right? So will you go down more to the entertainment road and have like the different, like BuzzFeed, different channels? Like, will you have those things for LA Times too? If so, I want to bring back Unsolved, LA Times Unsolved. The only good thing BuzzFeed ever did, BuzzFeed Unsolved was amazing. Um, LA Times bring it back. Uh, yeah, I know they have their own channel, but it sucks, to be honest. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, Want to be guests on my podcast? <laughs> I still love you. Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube, BuzzFeed, Unsolved, don't follow. I mean, follow their new channel, but their new channel isn't that, that, that great, to be honest. <clears throat> okay. But I'm still impressed by what they did. Uh, maybe we should have a special on this. Anyways, too much talking about BuzzFeed. So let's see where LA Times is heading. Stick with quality journalism that they have at times or go down the BuzzFeed road. What, what, what's your thought? What are they, are they going to just follow the money or will they stick to their journalism roots? Uh, I saw a few more stats that says Americans spend on average more than 1,300 hours on social media last year. That sounds like, wow, 1,300 hours. But then, if you count it down, I'm doing this live on the air. 1,300 by 365, it's like four, less than four hours per day. That's not much. It should be like 25,000 hours or something like this. So, hmm. not, not impressed by the number. I, I think, honestly, those people listening right now or watching... Um, for you guys, it's much more. For me too, I think. Um, that's, that's not much. I have so many people in the US without internet. <laughs> hmm. Elon Musk, do something against that. Okay, Elon Musk also coming soon here, of course. Um, what else has been in the news? Well, uh, before I go down into like, the more detailed stories, Britney Spears has been in the news again. Hashtag free Britney. Um, she said she lied about being happy on social media because of her pride and 
blah, blah, blah. Um, no surprise there. I just mentioned this because a few weeks ago we talked about the hashtag Free Britney, free Britney, free Britney movement. Um, and of course, we all knew that like this, I'm fine, I'm happy, it's not true. She said that like her father and lawyer had been heavily involved in like all the decisions made for her. They didn't even allow her to have another child and so on. Um, so, and now she just wants her life back. Yeah, good for, on you, Brittany. And what the, did the media, the media, of course, I mean, even though, of course, her dad and the lawyer are the people in charge here, but of course, the media kind of enabled this because they wanted like this one type of Britney but we talked about this in, in, in the episode back then when it was trending uh, so check back at two or three episodes uh, but yeah it's hard to say like hey I'm, I feel sad for a multi-billion dollar superstar but hearing all those things it's like it's a tough life so I hope I hope eventually now that she's older she's getting hold of her life everything uh, gets everything together and just does what she wants as long as it's like safe and everything so um yeah hashtag free britney i hope that works i hope she's doing fine grew up with you britney take care um one guy who didn't take care oh my god the smooth transitions i think i should have a jingle for smooth transitions one guy who didn't take care uh of himself <laughs> and i'm sorry because it's rest in peace Pat McAfee is dead. <laughs> I feel, I feel like there used to be like this 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 German late night show, and now only Germans who watch this or listen to this will understand. There's a German late night show called Saturday Night, not Saturday Night Live, but Saturday Night, basically like Saturday Night Live, just made by German comedians. And it was always this, they had this news desk, just like in Saturday Night Live at SNL, and in every single every single week in the news, it was like one rest in peace announcement. It's always the same person. His name was Karl Ransayer. It's like, <clears throat> Karl Ransayer is dead. <laughs> and then always like the most, the, the least successful, I don't know, whatever, grave digger in human history. And then they always made up some stupid jobs about Karl Ransayer. Every, and every time they would say Karl Ransayer is dead, the audience like lost it. Like, oh my God, it's again, it's, it's an inside joke. I'm, I think it's funny right now because I think about it, but you don't and I don't care. So Pat McAfee is dead. <laughs> and I shouldn't be laughing because dying is obviously nothing funny, but um, there are so many layers to this. And if you don't know who Pat McAfee is, then you're not a nerd and we can't be friends. <laughs> Google Pat McAfee, um, P-A-T and then M-C-A-F-E, -E, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee started the company of the same name, McAfee, the that you might have. If you have a Windows computer, you'll probably run McAfee antivirus software on your computer. Of course you need it. Um, he got kicked out of the company a long time ago because he went kind of crazy. He went to, I mean, he was, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I can get it like all together right now, like the, the time frame. But I mean, he did like, had a lot of tax problems in the US, I believe. And he went, he left to South America, I think to, Belize first, then to Guatemala. Um, so he, he lived for like a decade or so, I believe, in Belize. Um, had some run-ins with like the local government, hired like the army to protect him and things like this. Allegedly, he killed his neighbor because his neighbor allegedly poisoned McAfee's dogs. But it's just allegedly, so it's just how the story goes. He said he didn't do it, of course. Uh, apparently, he lived together, not married, I think, but lived together with a seven, 
back then 17 year old prostitute stripper uh, no offense allegedly again uh, but that's apparently who we lived together with or allegedly who we lived together with um, then I think he had to flee to Guatemala then he stayed there for a while and I think he again got in trouble there um, famous pictures of him are like with lots of girls touching him and really like coke around his his face and stuff like this and he got arrested then last October in Spain and then spent the time in a prison close to Barcelona and eventually Spanish judges decided that he could be extradited to the US because the US is searching for him or wants him for tax evasion um, he, they say he's he had to pay like four years of taxes and he made so much money because he was a speaker and then he had like promotional stuff on his Twitter where he promoted cryptocurrencies or another thing he promoted like fake or like those fake ICOs and stuff like this and like a crypto wallet that, that was unhackable but then got hacked and stuff like this that's how he made lots of money as well apparently he charged like 100k for a tweet or something um, yeah, so the U.S. government said he made lots of money, didn't pay uh, taxes, so that's why they wanted to extradite him. He said the U.S. government is after him for even more because he wanted to run for president as a li uh, librarian, libertarian. Um, and he said the government is out for him. I don't quite understand how, why the government would be out for him because um, no one believes his crazy stories anyway. So I don't quite get this, to be honest, but there's probably more to it, and I'm not too deep enough in the conspiracy theories. He got a tattoo on his arm, um, and he posted on Twitter, like, I think last year, like in 2019 already, it's like, um, in case I end up doing suicide, um, it, I didn't. And on his arm, it says, like, dollar sign, like, you know, whacked. <laughs> um, but then again, who would want to see him dead? Like, I don't understand it. Like, I mean, it's, he's just a crazy dude in the public eye. So why? Um, but then why would he kill himself if it's just for tax, for tax stuff? Do you go to, to bad jail prison for a long time for tax evasion if you just pay the $4 million or something? I, I don't know. Let, let, I'm not from the US, so you can tell me. Would he, would he have faced life in prison if he would have gone to, to the US? Does he look like someone who would kill himself? Then again, why, why would someone want to kill Pat McAfee? After I upload this video, the algorithm is going to show me all the Pat McAfee videos. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole tonight. <laughs> Let me know if you have any more uh, information on Pat McAfee and what, what, you, what you know about him uh, and about the story. Very interesting, I believe. What's also interesting hey, um, is that um, the, the funding company, Investor, that's a funding company, the investment company, Andreessen Horowitz is at it again. They back then founded Coinbase. I mean, they were part of the investment team, but the big one behind Coinbase. And they keep going ham, according to, I think, The Verge on crypto with a new 2.2 billion dollar fund so we can see cryptos crashing and crashing and recovering and crashing again but Andreessen Horowitz is like no we keep pumping it in because we know we can make it work so that's good to know I mean if they if they're throwing money behind it I'm gonna throw my merely salary behind it too <laughs> um, you go Andreessen Horowitz you go um, yeah, 
I just found this interesting. A little bit more on Bitcoin news later down the road, of course. But um, one thing that I didn't talk about the last few weeks, and I don't even know why. I think it just didn't really fit. Even so, I talk about Myanmar and so on a lot. And you thought I wouldn't talk about it this week. Of course I am. This time just in the middle of the video. So you pay attention. Uh, take a look at what's happening in Myanmar. Um, there's been a report um, out that says that um, deepfake experts should be a thing. And an example used is for, from March this year, where there was a video shown from Myanmar where the former advisor, like the very famous lady in Myanmar, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, apparently um, was caught, or like the guy that she was apparently bribing was caught on video. But then lots of people said, yeah, but look at the face. The lips don't match the sound. This could also be just a bad sound quality, um, by the way. Um, but they then said it's deepfake. So that's why now there's a call for deepfake specialists citing this example. There are more examples, though, so, so of course. Um, so maybe there's going to be like jobs in the future rather soon. Deepfake specialists analyze whether or not that's real. It's deepfake. I'm sure that's already a thing with like the FBI and so on. But maybe it's going to be something in more more companies soon. McAfee going to have um, the company, not the guy because he's dead, but McAfee, the company, going to have like deepfake specialists, deepfake analysis, maybe automated deepfake analysis or something rather soon. I'm sure there are already tools out there that try to do this that's going to um, continue this development, I believe. Okay. Now, I know you haven't seen anything about Myanmar, even though I tell you all the time to check Myanmar. So check what's happening in Myanmar. It's a hashtag. Hashtag what's happening in Myanmar. I know, however, what you've seen in the news this past week. Those smooth transitions keep coming. Uh, you've seen the announcement for Windows 11, right? And I have friends working at Microsoft. And so I have to say congratulations. <laughs> Great job making it look like Mac OS. <laughs> And I know I'm going to get unfriended now. But the first thing I, I showed the, the, the article of like Microsoft uh, Windows 11 released, I showed it to friends here in Bangkok. Like, what does this remind you of? And they all said, that looks like a Mac. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm not a big Mac fan, but yes, I record this on a Mac, but I have an Android phone. So I'm not a big Mac or Apple fanboy, but man. <laughs> All those those widgets now back on Windows 11 and so on. It it looks like my my Mac desktop right now. Like Windows 11 looks like my Mac desktop. I mean it's cool. Congratulations to Windows users for having a clean interface. Eventually, <laughs> the cool thing, however, is that it supports Android, which I'm really mad at Mac Apple for not doing it. Of course. Um, also, then developers can use their own payment systems when they develop um, apps. That's cool. So um, Microsoft kind of take a kind of taking a stance against Apple. Apple is like everything is being the Apple universe. I use the word again, Apple universe. While Microsoft says no, we're open for more, and that's cool. Microsoft, not even sarcastic. I think that's cool, and I like this one. Um, Satya Nadella, actually CEO of Microsoft, said Windows has always stood for serenity for creators and agency for consumers. And it's kind of like a dig against Apple, how he said that at the end of the presentation. And while I make lots of fun of Windows for looking like Mac for uh, yeah, Mac OS, um, I, I agree. I applaud the stance, and that's a good thing. And 
Yes, it was cool for a while for Apple to be like this inclusive because it just worked and so on. But after a while, it's just annoying. Um, Apple, you gotta change stance there a little bit because otherwise you're gonna lose people like me again. Just saying, maybe I'm not a target audience anymore, but yeah. So I applaud um, Windows for looking like Mac and hopefully being as smooth and taking the stance photo. That's, that's a good thing. Um, what's also a good thing, at least for Amazon, <laughs> is that they acquired podcast hosting and monetization platform Art19. Art19 actually also acquired several other platforms before, I believe. I know it for at least one, so I simply assume they acquired more. Um, but now Amazon acquired Art19, which means Amazon is pushing hard in the po towards podcasting right now. Um, I'm not sure how successful it's going to be. I mean, Amazon Music is not the biggest player per se. Um, I, would, I would simply, I know, not just assume I would simply state that right here, right now. Um, if you compare it to iTunes, Spotify, maybe into Tidal. <laughs> Tidal. Um, but yeah, lots of amps in this episode. Sorry, it's just because I'm thinking so much. But uh, uh, no amp, but... <laughs> Let's see how Amazon's gonna 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 um, do this in 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 the podcasting space. They ha they tried different avenues already, right? Amazon Prime, all right, works. Like the videos works. Like, obviously, shopping works. Games hasn't really worked out. So I'm wondering if they understand the take the enough time to understand the platform, their podcasting business, or if they just try to like throw money at it and then just try to overdo it maybe too fast but then again if they let art 19 do their stuff and just rebrand it as amazon and just give them more resources and so on then maybe that's a good thing now let's see let's see how this goes podcast from from space ah, should be interesting also interesting okay that was an easy transition um the second one for today wirecom cps <laughs> it's just they go all go together and they just make their names longer. So Viacom CPS has been Viacom CPS for a while now. Um, they're changing up the leadership. Why? And I quote, to emphasize its focus on streaming and ensure the success of its streaming services. Viacom CPS streaming services. <laughs> Paramount Plus is the Viacom CPS streaming service that you didn't know existed. And so... They say, yeah, Paramount Plus is doing quite okay so far, but now we change things up um, to make things even better. Yeah, because you always change things up when things are working out well, right? <laughs> Did you know that there's Paramount Plus? No, you didn't. Especially if you're outside the US, you didn't. <laughs> Actually, uh, in the news it said NBC Universal... <laughs> NBC Universal had approached Viacom CBS about joining streaming forces, but Viacom said, "Like, nah, we don't, we don't need this. We will rule the world by ourselves because everybody is flocking to Paramount Plus. <laughs> okay, we have Paramount Plus, we have Disney Plus, we have HBO Max, we have Netflix. What else do we have? Hulu. Oh God, it's too much to handle right now, people. Seriously." Um, what else do we have? Oh, yes. Huh. So, cryptocurrency. I mentioned a little bit earlier, but... Oh, yeah, okay, let's go. Let's, let's jump right into it. Cryptocurrency. So, there's lots of scamming out there right now, like on social media. Hey, um, send one e Ether here, get seven Ether back or something. If you fall for this, 
think it's stupid. Um, but there's also more that happened there, and um, I think I noted it down somewhere. No, I didn't. How dare me? Um, I ha but I do remember uh, AfriCrypt, a crypto exchange from South Africa, disappeared with 16,900, I believe, Bitcoin, or 69,000 Bitcoin. Let's, let's say 69,000 Bitcoin because it sounds funnier. 69,000 Bitcoin. Uh, so it's, it's a cryptocurrency exchange and all of, a, all of a sudden, apparently, according to news reports, employees didn't have access anymore. And then the founder sent an email saying, hey, we got hacked, but please uh, don't report it to the, to the police and so on. Because if you don't report it, we can act faster and we can retra retrace every step and we can get the, the cryptocurrency back from the hackers. Uh, some investors didn't believe that, of course. They they asked the lawyers to investigate, and then they say, okay, they're gone. Um, apparently, the one co-founder is still in email contact, I believe, but couldn't be reached for, for clarification. So right now, they are apparently on the run, or at least their whereabouts are unknown as far as I understand it from all the articles that I read. And I read at least three articles on this. So if that's true and they're gone, then it's probably one of the biggest heists in crypto history. So I, w I was about to calculate in my head how much it is. Uh, but yeah, you can calculate for, for, by yourself. I think it's 69,000 Bitcoin. I don't know. But it's a lot of money. Uh, I hope you did not invest via AfriCrypt. God, now I hope that BitCup here in Thailand isn't doing the same thing. But if BitCup does it, then I think the government is going to get involved. Um, speaking of government involvement in, in uh, South Africa, not in, in Africa, okay, that was racist. <laughs> Sorry, but you can see the transition. Remember um, a few weeks ago, a, a really, but it is in South Africa, right? A really small village, I think, in South Africa. They, they thought they found diamonds, but now it turned out it's just some kind of crystal, whatever, so it's not diamonds. That's heartbreaking. Hmm. That's really sad. I hope it's still some worth, worth something, um, but it's kind of sad to, so that for those people there that now their lives might not change as much as they hoped. Okay, um, what changed though was the status of Reddit because Reddit was down again for a bit on Thursday. Uh, now it's back, yay. Um, but what's happening, right? Like now it's like one outtake every month. So the, I'm sorry. Is this the time of the month for Reddit? <laughs> it's been a long week. Sorry about those jokes. Um, Instagram, no transition here. Instagram is testing a desktop feature, desktop posting feature. Only took them 10 years. Yeah, Instagram, you're doing it. Congratulations. Good job. How did this take so long? I mean, you could post to IGTV before uh, already, but now apparently you can post from the web, from your browser, from desktop to IG eventually, finally. Thank you. Speaking of successful picture sharing applications, Snapchat is still alive. Who would have thought that? I haven't used Snap in a year. Snap, and I quote, inks deal with Universal Music Group to bring major artists to the platform. Must be artists they don't like. <laughs> yeah, you can go to Snap, do, the, do our Snap special. You know, it's disappearing content. <laughs> I'm sorry, who's consuming content on Snap? Seriously, who's still on Snap? It still must be a US thing only, right? Snap and WhatsApp, seriously. Get, get your asses out of, out of the past, people. Come to the future, seriously. 
no offense, Snap, um, but come on. Evan, I'm sorry, but Snap. Um, speaking of the future, <laughs> Clubhouse, hear me out, and I haven't looked into Clubhouse in a month. <laughs> Clubhouse is building a DM text chat feature. <laughs> Oh God, this is a sincere laughter because I just wrote down the, the notes and didn't really think about it so I can react live while I'm recording. Um, yeah, it's, it's groundbreaking. I mean, it's text, text chat? Who, who would have thought about that? Wow, I mean, wow. Next, next you're gonna let us download our, our talks, Clubhouse. Oh my God, amazing. Um, okay. Last thing that I want to say, um, because I said so many positive things before about crypto and um, Andreessen Horowitz being in there, the Coinbase co-founder, founded uh, by Andreessen Horowitz, he now says 90% of NFTs will have no value in three to five years. Don't tell Andreessen Horowitz <laughs> that you said that. So the Coinbase co-founder says 90% of NFTs will have no value in three to five years. Um, that's way to push the blockchain <laughs> development, my friend. <laughs> nice, but then again, it's Coinbase, and we all know Coinbase is probably the least, the least I know, not trustworthy, but the least forward-thinking player in the crypto slash blockchain space. Only took him like a year to list Doge or something like this. Right? So I'm um, just saying. All right. That's enough uh, for this week, I believe. Covered so many things, and I'm still... Um, you're confused by a few things that happened and I still need to go down the Pat McAfee rabbit hole. I will do this right now. As always, let me know your thoughts via comments, social media, at Funkinpod or email uh, funkinpod at gmail.com. Uh, also, as always, take care, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Sorry, come.